0: Welcome to the Northgate Church podcast from the heart of Chester in the UK.
1: So uh, good morning church, welcome. Um, It's great to be back with you uh, here again. Um, This morning we're going to be continuing our theme of uh, identity Um, and we've looked at a few different angles, a few different people uh, this half term if you like have um, done that. So In true teacher fashion, some of you may not know I'm a primary school teacher by day, so um, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds around your tables. Can anyone remember any of the different um, talks that we've had so far where we've looked at identity? But just as a word of warning, if you didn't know, a teacher's 30 seconds can be as long as five minutes or as short as 10 seconds. So, um, you know, go for it. 30 seconds, can anyone remember what we've done so far? Okay, 10 seconds left
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't count <laughs> okay any thoughts just feel free to shout any out if you remember any come on Richard's looking nervous at the back there I was
0: going to say Richard's talk on, hey. on, on perfect what's
1: your purpose? Yep. imperfectly perfect perfectly imperfect there we go any others? Yes, being unique, brilliant, yeah. We had um, Lynn at the start talked about abiding in the vine. We've had being uh, free from the truth from Lynn as well. We've had our spiritual identity through Ian Russell. These are all available on podcast, by the way, that Andy's helpfully put up. Thank you very much. Um, Steve Allen looked at a bit of brokenness and uh, the word shalom. Uh, Guy also spoke on being unique and because I am. Um, And then Johnny drew us together and looked at all different aspects of being um, our identity. Then obviously Rich was last week. So today I want us just to think about those key phrases and how um, who we are in Christ, but then more importantly maybe how they apply a bit practically to um, our lives. So this morning I want to look at the passage that comes um, at the end of John chapter 1. And we're going to be reading from verse 10. Uh, Oh, there we go. Um, Verse 10 uh, to 12, and it says, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognise him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So, um, having a little think about this notion of maybe being a child. Any thoughts? What words spring to mind when I say the word child? Mischief, yeah, definitely. I've got two of those. (laughs) Oh, innocence, Innocence, nice. Energy. Energy, yep. Could all do with a bit of that, couldn't we? Pardon? Need. Need. Vulnerable, fantastic. Childish. Yes, brilliant. Thank you at the back. Learners. Learners. Yeah, Boy, have I got 35 of those every day. Um, yeah, no, oh, fantastic. Thank you. So there's some really good words that um, paint such a broad picture, don't they, of what a child is here on earth, if you like. Um, just want to think about that sort of idea there that links into um, the need, if you like, um, that was brought over here. And that idea of maybe inheritance... Um, And a couple of years ago, um, Alex and I uh, decided that we would write our wills. Not exactly the most joyful job on our to-do list, if I like, Um, but uh, we we felt it was important, obviously since we had uh, Joshua and Sophia, to really be clear to um, where our inheritance, where our, I was going to say money there, but it's probably... Estate is the better word because there isn't any money in our bank. So um, where are possessions, if you like, where they go and who they go to? And we wanted to obviously be really clear with that. So um, when, we, when I thought of that sort of inheritance, it made me think of obviously dictionary and I went straight to it. It was like, okay, what's it mean? It means to uh, receive uh, money or property or title as an heir at the death of the previous holder. And that notion of uh, being an heir um, and really passing on what I own to someone else, is this really difficult to hear through this? Is it okay? All right. Good. Um, Yeah, like passing on our estate was really important, and obviously passing on any earthly possessions that we have here um, so that Joshua and Sophia can be okay if anything happened to us. But it made me realise that at that moment, if something did happen to us suddenly, that they might not have earned it if that makes sense the earning of that they, they haven't done anything special apart from being born into our um, earthly family here the fact that they were born into our family almost gives them the right as our son and daughters, uh, as our son and daughter to um, inherit what, what it is that we've given them so I then thought, okay, well, how does that kind of marry sort of, on earth to what we've read in the scripture this morning? And I think quite simply for me, it highlighted that when we accept Jesus into our life, then we're born into his family. We become heirs to his inheritance. And unfortunately, unlike Joshua and Sphere, it's not a small little lump sum of inheritance. It's, and I wrote down, it's a, a, an eternity of heavenly wealth. Just that phrase for me just suddenly sort of, it made me think, yeah, it isn't just a small thing that we're going to get here, it's going to be huge. Obviously, there's an element of taking a small step there about accepting Jesus, and when I was preparing for this and chatting to a few people, it made me think and, and really helpfully sort of think about what happens when we become Christians, and For some of us here, it can be a real significant moment that you could almost place your finger on on a timeline and say, do you know what, that was the moment that I gave my life to Christ and from then onwards, that's that's that moment. But I think, and this is true for myself, sometimes you can feel like it's almost like a gradual process. So for me, I was brought up in a Christian family um, went to church when I was young, and I'm incredibly um, grateful for that. But I think I never, looking back, I never really had that one definitive moment where it was like, "Bum, now I'm a Christian, now I've accepted God. It feels like a build-up of time, and yes, I've prayed many prayers, probably over a few different periods of times, about accepting Jesus really as my Lord and Saviour. And I think that I just wanted to highlight sometimes... Maybe we can even feel guilty if we can't almost pinpoint that one moment of acceptance. And actually, I think we should be free from that because when you do accept Jesus, whether that's a a sudden commitment that you know and that you can pinpoint or it's a commitment that you've made over a period of time, I think that's just really um, helpful to sort of uh, take on board and it may be for for you this morning. yeah, I think all I would yeah I wrote down here. All I would say is both are powerful and both have uh, power in testimony and giving that. Um, and maybe yeah, owning your own story is what I wrote down. Maybe another talk for another day. But anyway, we'll um, we'll come back to that one maybe. So back to the passage today and this idea of inheritance. Maybe as we get a little bit older. Um, we feel like we may feel the need to earn our inheritance um, and maybe actually doing some doing to get it. I think as children, they kind of accept, they don't know any different. They just do what they do and they will get it regardless. Whereas when we get older, it's that need to earn it. And the story of the prodigal son... Um, is just one example where uh, it came to my mind straight away, where um, the elder son felt aggrieved that his younger brother obviously didn't earn the right almost to the inheritance. Uh, In Luke chapter 15, verse 12, we can see uh, the son comes up and says, uh, Father, give me my share of the estate. Um, I love obviously how this parable, um, what this parable is all about, and I'd encourage anyone to read it. And I think despite the fact that this uh, during this period of time, it was obviously really frowned upon to ask for your estate, and probably it is now, to be honest. I wouldn't really go to mum and dad and ask them for, for money. Um, but I think, uh, you know, those of you that are familiar with this parable, um, the youngest son obviously goes out and squanders the money and ends up realising that his uh, father's servants earn more and are treated far better than he is. Um, so he decides to return home, and in verse 18 and 19, he prepares the speech. And it says, uh, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then, uh, yeah, in my head, and this is probably just in my, my head, but I, I see him obviously preparing and almost like rehearsing the speech over and over again and thinking, and you, uh, maybe it's just me being honest here, but if you've ever done anything wrong and you have to go and see your parents, you're kind of used to, like, practice what it is that you're going to say in case you know what their response in their face is going to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. thanks, Andy. I appreciate that. But, and that's the big but here, I just love in verse 20 where it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And it always just chokes me slightly that because I've got this picture of this son just you know, head down, walking, preparing his speech. And he doesn't even get the first word out, does he? He doesn't even manage to utter that first word before his father literally just drops everything. And I can imagine just sprinting as a father would to, to, to embrace him. And the son still then almost tries to get his speech out. Um, but, but no, it just doesn't happen. And the dad is just, forget it almost, do you know what you've returned home let's prepare that feast um and And the son you know is like, "Whoa, hold on a minute what's happened here And I think this is obviously the love that God shows us in this moment. Then we turn and could look at obviously the um the brother who at this moment is feeling a bit narked, isn't he and he feels upset, but he feels aggrieved that his brother should spend all the fortune that was the inheritance, if you like, going back to that word. And the elder son here feels like his doing, his remaining, doing the right thing, if you like, is, gives him the right to the inheritance. But as we know, the father obviously has got other ideas, hasn't he? So how then maybe does this link to uh, John 12, where we hear that whoever believes and accepts, he gives the right to become children of God? And for me, this morning, I wanted to highlight a couple of things. The first being, it isn't through a doing that we become uh, a child of God. It is uh, through, obviously, accepting Jesus. We learn about that part, and we've talked about that. But it isn't about making the right choices um, in your life. Obviously, once we become Christian, we want to live as best as we can, um, like Jesus. But the doing doesn't just make you an heir. It's accepting, and then it comes from Jesus. And you know, I think that is obviously a simple uh, truth, but one that has great power in it. And maybe the uh, elder son had maybe been looking at the wrong thing—the um, doing rather than the actual being. So, what I would like you to do is—I'm um, going to put a question up on the screen: What does it mean to receive Christ? So, what I'd quite like to do is maybe give you about five ten minutes and just have a chat in your tables. What does that mean uh, on the on the board? And a little caveat, maybe, I just, I'd encourage us to maybe not use, I'm going to say Christian jargon. I think I'd like it to be a bit more personal and honest, if you like, because a lot of us here could probably give a really good sort of overview of Bible and, it, and explain it. But actually, I would, I'd rather a bit more of an honest discussion. Um, what does it mean to receive Christ? And hopefully, you'll have people on your table, and they may have different ways that it is for them. And again, that's fine. But to being be encouraged to share. So um, I'd like to give us about five, ten minutes um, for you to have a talk around your tables. And then, if possible, I would like to hear a couple of peoples coming back. But if no one does, it's not a problem. Um, is that okay? Yes. Three people? That's what it's like when I teach 35 children. Have you got it, children? Okay, we'll try it then. So Yeah, go for it. Yes, Thank you, Ian. Yes, Mr. Bullen, yeah. <laughs> Okay, perhaps you could just uh, begin to draw your uh, conversations, that's the word, to a close. Uh, yeah. yeah, would you mind? Is that okay? It's on one, but I'm sure it's five. So um, has anyone got anything that maybe they'd like to share, either any nuggets or any things? Um, we're family here, so maybe just stick your hand up, and Andy's got a microphone. Yeah, Jesse's here. <coughs>
2: I said it was a turning point for me, a crossroads. I uh, was brought up in a family who were Christians, went to church. But uh, one day I just realised that, although I hadn't been awfully bad, you know what I mean? I I was naughty as a child and teenager probably. (laughs) And uh, it it just uh, one day I realised I was a sinner.
1: Just like that. And it just happened. And it happened.
2: And then I knew... So it was positive. Yeah. A turning point for me.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Um, Basically, we said it was a different influence. Um, I was in quite a... uh, I was in the RAF, so... (laughs) uh, It was quite manly in our department. But um, over the period... A bit like you, Joe, I didn't have a a defining time. But over the period of a week, when God moved in my life and... Uh, I accepted him. Um, I became influenced by the spirit. Mm. And that was noticed by the people that I worked with, that they were questioning, why don't you do this? You know, you used to do this a lot. Why do, I said, no, you're, you're not swearing anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, you're not drinking as much. <laughs> 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 but, but that's it. They, you were influenced by the spirit. So you weren't influenced by your peers. Yeah. around you any more than the way that you used to be
1: that's fantastic Phil <clears throat> thank you Thanks,
3: I think the group as a whole felt that there were several bits to this but part of it was realising um, realising who we are and where we are with God i.e. not very good um, also that Jesus was a saviour could save us through the cross. um, It was partly then a realization, partly a feeling of sorrow. Lord, I'm really sorry. Do something about it for me, please. But also an act of will in the sense of, as in Revelation 3.20, we ask, we hear God knocking, Christ knocking on the door of our heart. And we actively open that door and receive him into our heart. He
1: said it all, thanks. We can all go home. (laughs) One at the back, Andy, thank you. Thanks, Bob.
2: Thank you. We talked a lot about the difference to our lives once we were in Christ. So we took that receiving Christ for what happens when we are in Christ. And we talked about freedom from sin and the attacks. We talked about God as our protector, that we always have hope, and that that hope is a certainty that we've, we felt there was in a safe place no matter what happened to us. Mm. Uh, it, was, it was really the difference of quality of our life changing when we became Christians. We also talked about forgiveness, that we are forgiven, but also that we are directed to, to forgive. The Lord says, I forgive you, which you forgive others. So there is that that wasn't a choice It's sometimes a sacrifice, but that um, forgiveness was a very important part of receiving
1: Christ. Yeah, thanks, Helen. That's really important. I know you made reference to that earlier when you prayed out that ready to forgive, and I think that is, you know, I was going to pick up on that and say thank you for bringing that because that was really important as well. Um, Just as a little side while Andy's running over, as well, Helen said earlier... um, you long for us to run into your arms, and I just thought, you didn't know what I was talking about, but that prodigal son element, I thought, that was perfect, it really um, challenged, yeah, so, oh, hello, Catherine. Hi,
4: yeah, we were talking on our table about, well, I don't, I've never had this epiphany, I've grown up in a Christian family my whole life, and I always kind of get a bit, a bit jealous, really, that, like, Everyone talks about like how amazing it is to know God now because life before was just so rubbish, and I always I'm like, oh no, does that mean that I don't know Jesus because my life has always been the same? I've not had this moment where I've realised, or even like a slow gradual, pr- well, growing up with Christian parents, but like I don't know. I've just always felt kind of left out, I suppose, because yep. everyone's like, yeah, Jesus, amazing, this is awesome, and I'm like yeah, I love Jesus too, but <laughs> yay. <laughs> like, I don't know, I just didn't know how to explain it. And then if I pass it over to you, then you can, yes, yeah, Steve can explain what he then said about what I just said.
3: So some of you know this story, of the, uh, that, that actual epiphany just this year in August. So I responded by saying, well, that, that was for me. And then while um, we, uh, I was thinking about it, I just said, well, with um, the previous life I had, there was much sin, so I needed much forgiveness. So I needed something that was stark and in contrast. But my first words were, it's about um, welcome to yourself. Boy, do you get to understand your nature and what it's like when you look around you. So just as we were speaking like that, we shared then. And then your response was tears. And then she just said, I just had to ask, well, that's, it's natural for you. You've just responded here. And then she said that she teaches the Bible to kids every day. And I'm like, whoa, that's an epiphany every day to me. (laughs) And the response there, tears, just because we were speaking our truths was the response. So she has a daily response. Yeah. Doesn't need an epiphany. She has one every day, just doesn't know it, which is even <laughs> better. Yeah. The yep. humility's incredible. So
1: Yeah. But that's great. And I think, you know, thank you for being honest with that, Karis, and sharing. Because I think it it is and you know, we were talking on the table down here that, you know, Andy and I were in similar growing up in Christian families and, and there is almost I want to use the word guilt, but I don't think it is that. It's almost like a, not quite as worthy, because you haven't got that powerful testimony. But we were just talking about, actually, each and every one of you, if you know and love Jesus, your testimony is as powerful as the person next to you, because that is how Christ has worked through and in you. And I think that's really important, to never let go of that, because you don't know what you say to someone and the impact and power that that can have, and they could need to hear that wow moment, but they could just need to hear, like Karis's testimony and maybe more like mine, that actually it's been a gradual process and you've done it many a times and actually God has just worked through you in different situations and you're able to share that. So unless anyone's got any other burning things to say? Okay, so appreciate is it quite, is it quite fresh in here this morning? Sorry about that. So, it all, all goes belly up when Gerald and Lynn aren't here to put the heat on at least. Um, so, uh, thank you again. Yes, yeah, some really good discussion. And all I'd say is I'd encourage you to, and he's got the app out here, temperature. Um, all I'd say is I'd encourage you to continue the conversations. It may be something that you could pick up in your home groups, um, maybe just in social situations where you are um, with those around you. So, do continue those. Um, I'm going to uh, just do the final part, just looking at time. So, um, we can probably draw a lot of comparisons through uh, the the part of scripture that we looked at in John, and also the prodigal son in Luke, and about that father's love. And uh, let me just load it, because I noted it down. Um, Heather, when she was uh, singing out, thank you so much for doing that, Heather, the... uh, yeah, the power that that held was just incredible. So thank you so much. Um, but you also used that um, your love to us, um, you take us now just as we are, was one of the phrases that you that you talked about. Um, and then Jenny McGrath also prayed out and said uh, that we could know the Father's love. And I just thought this morning when I was preparing, I couldn't quite you ever got to bring a word, sometimes you feel like you need to say something but you can't quite get the link and in your head it makes sense but when you try and share it with other people, it's like teaching every day in my head I know exactly what I want to say to the kids but then like, there's that link and I think just having um, Helen and Jenny and Heather just share those that, that love element was really important And then, and then the critical link come on Joe, what was it? Because I didn't write that down, I was too busy drumming at that point the, the, um, the Spirit, I can't remember who it was, so apologies, but someone said about the Spirit, and I thought, yes, there it is, because in verse 13, it says, um, they are reborn, uh, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And um, I've just got... and. So this is where I couldn't make the link, but the link was just talked about by someone about that that rebirth and and that spirit within us. And I've got a very quick two-minute, and I promise it is two-minute clip, that comes from The Chosen. And some of you may have seen this. Um, It's a depiction of Jesus' life. And Alex and I have watched, there's a couple of series out now, but I'd really encourage you to have a watch. So maybe if you could just kill the lights, if possible, number zero at the back, Eddie. Um, I'll just quickly put this up and then um, we'll finish because I'm pretty sure the kids are going to be partied out soon. Are they coming?
3: What else? Okay. What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again yes you mean like a new creature a conversion from gentile to jewish no no that's not what i'm talking about then what is born again i hope you don't mean return to the womb because that would be a problem for me my mother may she rest in peace is dead truly i say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. I'm trying, Rabbi.
1: I know. I know. Okay, we'll pause it there. Um, it just was a really a scene between Nicodemus and Jesus, and for me, when I watched that, just the power that Nicodemus held in that in that time, but he couldn't grasp it, could he? He just couldn't grasp that concept of that relationship with Jesus it was a personal one and a one that. We, when we respond to it in different ways, like we've just shared, has real power in it. So um, I appreciate the kids welcome back. Hopefully, you had a good party, did you? Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, there was chocolate, there was presents. What more could you want? Um, yeah, thanks, Joshua. Chocolate, brilliant. Okay. So what I want to do is, I think what we'll do is we'll um, maybe draw it to a close there, um, and maybe in a few weeks we'll re-pick up um, the sort of second part of maybe what I was going to bring. But hopefully, um, there was just a bit of a chance to recognise that any testimony that you have has got power in it. And that, uh, ultimately, if you have that relationship with Jesus, then uh, the Spirit is, in, is within you, just like what we've heard there. Um, I'm going to maybe ask Andy, is there any chance we just do one song, maybe just to finish off with, um, as the team? Um, yeah, as as the guys are just getting up I'd encourage a couple of things A, maybe just spend the first little bit just reflecting on what was shared earlier and what you talked about <laughs> B, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour if you don't know him then i will encourage you to speak to someone um, really important even if you don't feel like you're at that point of wanting to make that commitment or, or accepting, just talk to someone about it. Um, also, if there is anything in your life where you feel that you'd like prayer for, or that you um, are struggling with, or that you just want to talk to someone about, there'll be a few people uh, down here that would love to pray with you. Um, yeah. So, I'm sorry it's kind of a bit of a, maybe an abrupt ending to where, where we thought about, but I think it's a good place to pause there. And is that okay, Andy, if we uh, do a song? I probably won't join you, if that's okay.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Northgate Church podcast. Find out more at northgate.org.uk or find us on social media by searching Northgate Church Chester.